Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So, why are we so polarized? It's a question the media tends to ask over and over and over again, especially on days like today. Is it the technology? Is it that we're replacing real community with politics? But why are we really divided? Let's get past the headline. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So often it's uh, all the screaming and all the shouting and all the things are really preventing us from interacting with each other. And having higher level conversations, deeper dialogue, more meaningful conversation about crucial topics in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our state, in our country. Uh, Senator Ben Sass, Republican senator from Nebraska, uh, did a fascinating interview with the Atlantic magazine this week. And he talked about technology. He talked about disengagement. Uh, he talked about a lot of these things that we try to drill into every day. And I want to go through a few of the things that Senator Sass had to say and look at some of the application in terms of what it should mean to each of us and what it should mean in our conversations, again, at home and within our community. Senator Sass started uh, with uh, how few number of people are as obsessed with politics as we might think. Less than 14 percent of Americans pay attention to politics on a daily basis. A lot of people do that out of a sense of duty. So there's there's some thoughtful, engaged people in that 14 mm-hmm. percent. But by and large, those 14% are pretty weird. The people who are making politics a primary community for themselves are displacing other communities that are more relevant today. But let's be clear, I'm, I'm of the Eisenhowerian one cheer for politics school. The idea that government is, is the enemy, which is just a sort of shorthand for lazy right-wing stump speeches sometimes, isn't true. Government is necessary to maintain a framework for ordered liberty, but it's mostly freedom from so that you're free to do all the stuff you're supposed to do in terms of your actual local callings. So government is supposed to be a freedom from so that we can have the freedom to do what we're supposed to do in our neighborhoods and in our communities. And I think it was interesting that the senator pointed out that there is a uh, a class that is hyper-focused on all of this. And I will confess, uh, sometimes that is us and sometimes that is me. And yes, I am weird <laughs> that way when it comes to politics. But I do agree with the senator that 
it there is a role for government uh and but it does take a village and the village is not the government the government has a role to play to be sure uh but the government's not evil and it's more about what we choose to do remember uh the senator got it right that all the things that government does is to give us that freedom from oppression freedom from uh, those that would restrict our free speech or our ability to gather and so on so that we can have the freedom to do things, to do the things that actually build the republic and help our communities and help our country. Uh, Senator Sass uh, had a really fascinating conversation uh, being asked by reporters uh, not about his own thoughts, not about his own policy focus, but how he is regularly questioned about the comments of other politicians. We want to know, what do you think about what Matt Gates said, about what AOC said, about what Marjorie Taylor Greene did? Like that in a republic, nobody should care about that? You just named three people who aren't serious adults. They don't actually have an agenda for 2030 America. And the reason I ran for re-election is because I'm worried about the future of work, the future of war, the First Amendment culture when a world that moves to primarily digital rather than in-person public squares. And yet the press acts like AOC, not all the press, but it's very typical to act like AOC speaks for like 60% of 51% of the country. That's nonsense. It's just these people are really good at doing short-term screaming. (laughs) Short-term screaming. Uh, I love that. It is short-term screaming. And we have to remember that those that are the loudest and those that we see most often on uh, so many things nationally are not really representative. They're not even representative of their own parties. Uh, It is a small fraction of a small fraction that they actually represent. And I love the fact that Senator Sass is saying, don't ask me questions about You know what one crazy senator said about one crazy congressperson from either side of the political aisle. I'm not interested in that conversation. Let's have a conversation about what matters, principles and policies. That's what we should be talking to these people about. Not about who's attacking who and who's running for president in 2024 and what happens next. We have to have a different kind of conversation uh, because the fact that we're chasing The loud and the obnoxious and the divisive is why so many people are turning away from the political process. And Senator Sass says that's where we really are at risk. When you ask the American people, do you identify more as a Republican or more as a Democrat, and you don't give them a none of the above answer uh, option as an answer, it still wins. 46% of the public pushes back on the question and says, I don't like any of those people. Mm-hmm. I don't want those parties representing me. I think it was 29% lean Democrat, 25% lean Republican, and 46% say, screw you. That's a dumb question. I don't like those people. Our politics are overwhelmingly anti-politics, and the clickbait ways that we respond to it implies that people are actually for a far-left agenda or for your ethno-nationalist right-wing agenda when they're not. Most people are voting against the opposite extreme, not for something. We need a politics of vision, not a politics of grievance. A politics of vision, not a politics of grievance. Uh, We have to get back to that. And again, when given the opportunity, the vast majority of American people don't want to be associated with either political party or with any political party because it doesn't clearly represent them. And so we have to think about this different. 
And it's not about a grievance against the Democrats or a grievance against the Republicans. It's not about someone who's a left-wing progressive or a right-wing wingnut. That's not where most people live. And we have to remember that the things that really matter really matter to most Americans. And so we need to quit rewarding the loud, the obnoxious, and the divisive from preventing the rest of us to have the conversation about the principles and the policies that do unite us in terms of outcomes that will make the republic better and our lives more productive and more meaningful. Uh, Senator Sass uh, talked about why uh, the Donald Trump can, uh, candidacy was uh, a good illustration of problems replacing community with politics. I think if we're living through a revolution, a digital revolution, the nature of work, sense of identity related to productivity, there's a lot of sense that people are helpless. And so then you want politics to solve this distant, disrupted challenge. And politics isn't well equipped to do that. So I think the evaporation of the center is partly ideological as people look for politicians right and left to solve their problems. People who want their main tribe to be people who happen to share their same politics, they're pretty weird. And I think we have media consumption that is now everybody who wants to pay attention to politics thinks they need to do it as an addict or they need to disengage. Mm. And so I think the middle of America, again, in terms of attention middle, is disengaging because they don't want to be a part of this 14% that's addicted. It is time to go past the extremes on both ends of the political spectrum. Uh, Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, some great insight in terms of where we really are and where we really need to go to make sure that the republic rolls on, that freedom stands, and that we have the ability to be free from in order to do the things that matter most. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.